0: All right. Tough question to start things off. All right. In-N-Out, five guys. In-N-Out. California all day, people. Come on. Be loyal. I'm the president of the California Southern Baptist Convention. I have to pick In-N-Out or else I get kicked out.
1: And how do you have your In-N-Out burger?
0: Uh, well, okay. So I, I'm not super manly. I, I do it with no bun. Oh. Uh, with... What is it, protein style? Yeah, protein style, double-double, yeah. pro- actually I do a triple-triple protein style uh, grilled onions, nice. Every,
1: everything on it. I'm a huge fan of the chili peppers, I think those are perfectly flavored. Yes, they are, in and outs good. Welcome to 10 Questions with 10 Pastors, brought to you by Gateway Seminary, with your host, Tyler Sanders. Uh, I'm Tyler Sanders, Director of Communications at Gateway, and I'm here with Sean Beatty, who's the Senior Pastor of Clovis Hills Community Church. Uh, and that, well, that would be Clovis, I guess. That's the city, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the Fresno area, Basically Central Fresno. California. Yeah. And you are a D-Min grad. Yes, yeah? yes. When did you uh, graduate with your of ministry? I believe I graduated in 2015. 2015. Yeah. And how long have you been at Clovis Hills? Um, I... I've been at club sales
0: since 2012, July of 2012. So I'm coming up on nine years yeah, in July. Yeah.
1: That's fantastic. Well, here, here's a real question. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Or what's next on your reading list? Oh, um, I'm actually uh, reading a book.
0: It's a biography of yeah. Eugene Peterson. Oh, okay. That is, um, gosh, hold on. Yeah. I know the name of it. I don't know the name of it, but I have it in my backpack because I was reading it this morning. It's uh, A Burning in My Bones, hmm. and it's so good. Yeah, It is really good by Wynn Collier. And then I've made a goal this year I was going to read everything I could in one year of C.S. Lewis again, or oh. if I haven't. Yeah. So I'm actually cranking through the Narnia books right now, and okay. I, I read a, some of his like nonfiction works earlier in the year. Okay. What's so. next after Narnia? Um. Something. Yeah, probably The Four Loves. Okay. Uh, I haven't done that one yet, so nice. I, I just haven't picked yet.
1: When it comes to preaching, on a macro level, big picture, yeah. How do you approach planning out series? Uh, how far ahead are you thinking whenever you're getting ready to to prepare something like that?
0: Oh yeah, um, I will plan my 2022 preaching calendar this summer. I do every summer. I plan the next year's preaching calendar. Mm-hmm. And then I schedule out, um, myself and the teaching team in it and the kind of the direction and the themes. And, um, it's ba- really, I, I think a lot of it is based on seasons of the year as well too. Like, hmm. even if you don't have children in school, we all operate by the school year. Yeah. You know, and, sure. um, the church operates that way too. And there, you know, we used to operate by the church calendar. Now it's the school calendar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, post-Christian, right? But right. Th- that's just how it works. So um, I'll I'll map it out a year in advance. And then I try and work two to three weeks in advance, have my outline, my big idea, okay. the, um, the scripture, all of that. And then the week of, I'm filling in kind of the meat of the outline, the exegesis, that, right. that kind of thing. I've also, like like next year, I'm going to do the book of Acts. So okay. I will spend the rest of this year reading, reading yeah. commentaries on Acts, like, you know, just fill myself up full of uh, good scholarly work first mm. before I get to the practical yeah. in 2022, if that sure. makes sense.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think the most difficult passage you've ever preached in church is? Huh, you know, I, don't,
0: I can't think of the most difficult, but I did recently, uh, last year, we taught through the book of 1 Corinthians and I did head coverings. Wow, and I talked about things that are uh, cultural and supra cultural mm. principles and things mm. like that, and how you read the Bible when you get come up against things like that, and just just how Scripture interprets the Scripture, and yeah. re- really really helping people understand the more difficult parts of of the Bible. So when I got to that, I was like, I'm going to preach on it and help people understand. You're going to come up against things that don't make sense or are difficult in Scripture, yeah. And th- this is how you should look at it. Right. So, yeah.
1: Okay. In the breadth of your responsibilities as a pastor at your church, what do you feel like, what's a role or responsibility that you feel is really like your sweet spot? And maybe what's one that you're not so fond of?
0: Sure. Um, You know, I think a lot of it is based on gifting too, right? Like Mm. every, every pastor is different. Um, I, so I tend to be an extrovert, um, I'm really—I I work best when I'm working with people, mm. uh, not hold up in a study. Um, so I'm usually trying to—and we're a larger church, so I'm usually trying to chase down um, bigger vision pieces, things that are a year out, two years out, three years out, meeting with people, talking about that, working through that, uh, networking for kind of longer-term things. Like, I, I feel like— um, I don't know. God's, God's probably given me uh, some vision, hmm. if that makes sense. I can yeah. see things coming, and I feel like sometimes He lets me see around a corner. Right. And um, so so I really like chasing those things down. I like doing it with other people. So, you know, there's other pastors, though, that they're far more introverted, or they might be more studious, and, you know, they they just eat it up that they can get in their study and devour commentaries all day. And I would say that's not necessarily me. Um, I, I do do the hard work of all that, but, um, leadership
1: is, is really something I'm, you know, I'm big on. Yeah. Take this next question as seriously or not. Okay. As you like, what's a swing and a miss you've had in ministry? <laughs> a swing and a miss. I've had lots of misses. As a matter
0: of fact, I'm going to be honest. I feel like, um, when I was coming up in ministry, the best question I could ever ask a seasoned leader is, hey, what shouldn't I do? Yeah. Because I think those are the best lessons you learn along the way. So I would say um, like a big picture miss is, you know, early on in ministry, you know, you're not like a super, you're not sure who you are and what your ministry is going to be and what it's supposed to be. And you look to experts and you just try and copy them.
1: Yeah. Do do you know what I mean? you're emulating. Yeah,
0: so I had some guys I emulated. I probably emulated them too hard.
1: Mm. Um,
0: And eventually I figured out who God really showed me who I was and what my sweet spot is and where my, you know, but I I felt like I probably could have got there faster if I would have gone to that. And then here's just a practical one. Um, We, you know, when I got to Clovis Hills, um, it was kind of – It was on the heels of the Great Recession. The church had had, really had a rough from about 2009 to 2011, just rough, brutal. And uh, the previous leadership, Steve Davison, they did an amazing job, like, stopping all the leaks and not taking on any more water, spilling the blood that needed to, turning in the right direction, and getting the church ready for me to come. They didn't know I was coming, but they were getting it ready for whoever it was. So I came on, and the church um, felt... Just whipped. Hmm. Like the spirit of it was like, oh, we used to be a good church. We used to be a cool church. We used to reach people. Right. So um, you know, I I figured out about six, eight months in, like, okay, we got we gotta start reaching people, we gotta get, you know, they gotta get their swagger back that like, no, we're a church that reaches lost people. This is yeah. who we are, it's what we've done. Since its inception. So we we did a series of outreaches and some of them were phenomenal. And they, you know, saw lots of people come to Jesus, lots of people coming back to church. But one of them we did because we didn't have any money and we were trying to draw a crowd. We were trying, let's get a crowd here and preach the gospel, you know, is um we tried to break a world record. This is so stupid. I can't believe I'm admitting this in public <laughs> space. We tried to break a world record after church with the largest game of duck duck goose. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think the record was like 20. 2,300 people, you know, we're like, we can do that. Let's do that. The news will come, whatever. And, you know, we'll get a crowd. We'll raise some money and we'll preach the gospels, you know. So we ended up doing it. It, it was like, eh, this is weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> stupid. Uh, we did, though, like, because we asked people to, um, as they played, to to donate a buck. Yeah. And all that money would go to send some kids in the Mm. um, urban area of Fresno, which Fresno is one of the poorest cities in Mm. California, in America. Wow. Um, Send a bunch of them to camp to Jenis Park. Yeah. And we ended up raising like $7,000 doing it. So we sent like 50 kids to camp scholarship that summer. So that was a great thing. Yeah. And a bunch of them came to Christ and a few people came to Christ and the news came. But it was just really stupid, to be honest. We all kind of Monday (laughs) morning, like... Well, that was cool, and then finally I was like, "No, that was kind of weird, guys. I, I, I think we missed on that one, you know." And they didn't know yeah. if they could say we missed, right. you because know, some pastors right. like, "We never miss. Yeah. We're, we're that perfect. Was a God is always great, and God yeah, yeah. is always great, but sometimes we're dumb." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a long story to get to that, but I had to preface it because if I just would have said we tried to break a <laughs> r- world record doing the largest <laughs> game of Duck Duck Goose after church. Anywho, there you go. <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> yep.
1: What do you think is, uh, what's something you cannot learn in seminary? You have to learn it in ministry. Yeah,
0: I think this is great. I think um, at Gateway, they teach a lot of practical things that are going on in mm. ch- the church world. I think that's what separates Gateway from all the other um, Seminaries um, all we have great seminaries in the Southern Baptist convention they're all phenomenal mm. the, and all of them differentiate differently you know yeah um, Gateway is incredibly practical, so some of the things you learn while you're there, you don't listen right. Until it happens, right? if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I, I'll give you a great example. I remember, um, and I was in the d program, so I had been a pastor for a, a, quite mm. a bit. I'd planted a church and done all that. But when, the, and, and once you've been in the church, and you've been leading at that level and you've been doing that, when they say something, you go, oh, you know, they're just putting words to what you already feel. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the, at the d level, the master's level, certificate level, Sometimes we're not ready to hear that, right? So a a great example is, I remember Dr. Jim Wilson, he made us read the book of Mark in one night. He said, I want you to highlight every place where Jesus was in conflict with someone. Hmm. Any type of conflict, mild, great, whether it's an argument, a debate, they're challenging him, they're whatever. It was like 80% of the book. And then he just said, so now you guys get it. If you're going to be a pastor, conflict mm. is the sea you swim in. Yeah. And if you don't like conflict, you're not going to be a good pastor. Because right. this is the church. Yeah. And that blew my mind. Because I had felt it. I didn't have words for it. I didn't understand it. But the minute he said it, I said, oh. And it really opened up. Like I did, I don't not that I'm looking to get in a fight or I'm yeah. looking, but now when something goes bad, I, I'm never like, oh, When's it gonna be right?
1: Right, because it's
0: not. Right, do, do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. You're working with people. There's always gonna be divorces, and there's yeah. gonna be um, pain, pain, and pain, yeah. and death, and um, sin, and people disagreeing. Yeah. And just when the church is moving in the right direction, there's a faction. Right, the women's yeah. ministry says we're not getting enough attention. Pastor, you know, whoever it is, yeah. Or there's going to be a financial problem yeah. or a, a, a large giver in your church is going to pass away. And that's always going to happen. And if you know that and it's the sea you swim in, it, you don't take it as personal. You don't carry it as as, as heavy. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay, that's what this is this week. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And that's been, that was incredibly helpful for me that I don't think I would have uh, heard that at a bachelor's level or a master's level as a young guy in my 20s or 30s until I had really uh, pastored. Yeah, been you a senior lived pastor. it. Yeah, I lived it, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you think... Uh, well, this is an, a good opinion question, I think. So what do you think, if there's one thing a student has to get out of seminary, if they a, a student comes, gets their MDiv, any one of our seminaries, what's the one thing they have to have when they leave?
0: Um, I think... A strong hermeneutic, Hmm. to be honest. Um, You're going to create great relationships going to seminary. That's half a seminary is the friends you make and they're Hmm. lifelong friends. And um, there's a lot of iron sharpening iron while you're there that just naturally happens. Um, You're going to connect with certain professors. There's going to be an iron sharpening iron moment there. Um, It's when you get out. We live in an information age. We can get any bit of information we want. We can listen to the best preachers in the world from yeah. many different traditions, yeah. Christian traditions, and coming out with a strong hermeneutic and understanding where kind of your hermeneutic lies within the Christian tradition and whatnot can, can, can really help you discern as you're listening, as you're reading other things, as you're going to Catalysts. Right. Or you're going to, you know, like, have, I, I'm just going to come out of the closet right now and go, I don't always go to the Southern Baptist Convention. I go right. to other things. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes there's like a Pentecostal guy who's actually really smart that I could learn yeah. something from yeah. or, or a Presbyterian or, you know, on and on and on. But if you have a good hermeneutic, um, it kind of keeps you grounded and you understand your lane and you understand how to really interpret what they're saying through the eyes of Scripture, even if it, you know, because a lot of stuff you're going to hear is, is people's personal experience. Even what you're listening right. to right now. A lot of this is my personal experience in ministry. Yeah, yeah. If you have a good hermeneutic they can with interpret. the scripture, you can interpret it through the scripture.
1: Sure. Yeah. And what, if you could, yeah. what advice would you give yourself as a first year pastor? Your first year in, in, in you know, like full-time ministry. What would you tell yourself <laughs> now? They'll come
0: back. It's okay. <laughs>
1: they'll come back.
0: I used to freak out over mistakes or was oh, no. my sermon good enough or, you know, the music wasn't right or it was, uh, or the graphics weren't cool enough or oh, our building is lame or what uh, all, all those things. Yeah. And, um, I remember one day I had a friend and I, I, he, he's a pastor's kid and he was church planning at the same time as me. And I'm going to be honest with you. Pastors kids are smarter than other people when it comes to church. They can kind of sift through all the garbage. And, you know, when people are like, oh, the spirit was moving in the room today. The pastor's kids like, yeah, the band was really good. Yeah, yeah. It was a good set. They played some well-known songs. they, They just sift through that. And I remember I was fretting over something that went wrong in my service. And he just kind of whispered in my ear over lunch. He goes, hey, Sean, they come back every week, man. You just just don't do that like four or five weeks in a row and you'll be fine. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that felt so good. Cause it's yeah. so true. Yeah. It's so true. Now, if you just keep screwing up every week, they, yeah. they won't eventually they won't tolerate it, <laughs> but uh, they love you yeah. and they know you're young and you're figuring it out. And there's people in the room that have forgotten more than, you know, right? So don't come at them as an expert, come at them mm. as someone who loves Jesus. Yeah. And, um, You know, you don't have to try and win them with your smarts or your charisma or any of that. Yeah. Let, let let your faithfulness and let the Lord win them to you.
1: Yeah. All right. One more question. Okay. How did you meet Jesus?
0: Yeah. I, um, so I grew up in a home that didn't go to church. It was an unchurched home. My mom said I was a Christian because I was American. So that's kind of the view. Yeah. A lot of that here in Tennessee. Sure. Right? Actually, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were from Tennessee, so it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and my dad was a Marine, so as a kid, he got. I was really little, like two. We got stationed at Camp Pendleton in Oceanside. Mm. And um, I was probably five or six years old, and my neighbors came and knocked on our door and invited me to Awana's. And I went to Oana's, and I accepted Jesus in my heart every week, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> and, um, went to church on and off throughout my elementary school years. And then my neighbors moved and I stopped going to church because my parents didn't take me to church. And then occasionally I'd ask them to, and they'd take me, but, uh, and I really, you know, kind of just fell away from the Lord, but I was haunted by all those Bible, those King James Bible verses I, I memorized. Yeah. That when I, cause you know, I started sinning and started doing some, you know, just typical stuff when you're working on your testimony. Yeah. Right. And, um, I remember I would get like, he who hath the son hath life. He who hath not the son hath not. I would, those verses would come to mind in the midst of my sin. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, you know, and I was really haunted by it. And I remember one day I was, uh, 16 years old in high school and this guy walked by and I remembered him from Moana's. And he didn't go to our school, and I, I knew he went to the Christian school. So I'm like, hey, come here. He comes over, and I, I said, what are you doing here? And I, my school is kind of hood. Mm. Like, it was not like no. – anyways, I'm like, what are you doing here, man? And he he goes, oh, I, what do you mean? And I, I'm like, well, you go to the Christian school. He goes, nah, I got kicked out for selling weed. And I was like, oh, cool, hang out with us. You know, we were surfers and the skaters and the punkers, yeah. right? So that he kind of sat with us, started hanging with us. And that day at lunchtime, he goes, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I thought he was going to invite me to go smoke weed or do a deal or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And he goes, you want to go to a youth group with me? And I'm like, why would I want to go to church on a Wednesday night? And he goes, listen, man, there's like 35 girls in this group. And I'm one of the only guys. I said, hallelujah, I will pick you up (laughs) at five, brother. (laughs) So I went, uh, you know, trying to talk to all the girls, made fun of the youth pastor Uh, kept coming back every week though. Yeah. And, um, I didn't realize it then, but what was going on and that, you know, my youth workers weren't particularly cool. It wasn't a cool church whatsoever. It was, um, but I think I was, I was missing, um, really a, a, family and a community. Yeah. And that kept me coming back every week. And before you knew it, um, the gospel really broke through. And I, I, they sent me to some leadership conference that I was not a leader. And um, <laughs> I led people astray, if anything. <laughs> um, I I remember, like, everyone's crying and singing, and the guy just preached. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is real. Uh. And um, I went back to my hotel room. And this is kind of my calling, too. Mm. I went back to my hotel room, and I, I just sat on my bed, and I went, okay, Lord, this is all real. I'm in. Yeah. What do you want for me? I'm in. And um, that was uh, a really pivotal, pivotal time in my life where N.T. Wright talks about some people, like they get converted and it's like uh, mm. the apostle Paul, it's like a brilliant light and it blinds them and it's like, right. okay, Lord, okay. Yeah. And then for others, it's like the sun coming up.
1: Hmm. You don't know image. when it's
0: daytime, but yeah. you just, you're like, oh, it's daytime. Yeah. Um, that was me. Yeah. And it was at 17, like it all coalesced and I'm like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And um, yeah, I never looked back and that was a, a a wonderful thing. So yeah, Awanas and then a, a, a camp
1: experience. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate that. And thank you for sitting with us for this little uh, this little talk. Whoa, whoa, let's go gateway. We yeah. need a mascot. Let's do it. The yeah. gateway the gateway gates. I don't know. I was thinking gators. <laughs> the gators. It's so close, and then we could probably just release some alligators yeah, in that pond, you, you know. So and, indigenous you know, to you know, Ontario, that's California. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, gateway gators. I'm yeah. pushing for it. <laughs> that's good. All right, thanks. thanks.